Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. Of course, we had anticipated on uh, possibly being out of town this weekend, so in praying about it, I made arrangements there, talked with Jason about coming and sharing this morning, and um, so talked with him after we got back home, said, you know, what, what do you have on your heart? What's the Lord put on your heart? And I, uh, I, I believe that, uh, I believe he has a word, a good word for us today, so I just believe this is the Holy Spirit, and um, grateful for all of our leadership, for all the people that minister in the body of Christ, grateful for Jason, his team, and all that they do. And grateful to have an opportunity to hear from uh, the Word this morning, hear what the Lord uh, speaks through Him this morning. So uh, just uh, bless Him this morning. He's coming from the drums up here to the front. So uh, come on, let's welcome Him this morning. Bless you. Let me put this down here. They should have thought that out a little bit on that last song right before you come up to talk. Uh. Whew. Out of shape a little bit. Uh, well, when you know when we heard that Daddy and them were going to be out of town, it was a it was a privilege to be asked to be able to share this morning. And uh, you know, if it's all right with you, I'm just going to share just a few things that in the last couple of weeks that God has been uh, dealing with me about. And I hope that it's an encouragement. And I hope you can identify and get something out of it. Is that okay? Uh, but starting off, how many of you have ever been to um, that restaurant right there in Glencoe? Uh, what's the name? Trey Ragazzi's. How many of you ever met? We're going to do a shout out to them. Shameless plug. They got good pizza. Um, we have some other great restaurants in this, you know, Jefferson's. Some of those, you know. uh, while I'm in the, the part of doing shameless plugs. But uh, anyway, we were in the mood for some pizza. and We decided to go by there. Uh, how many of you like their pizza? It's good. If you haven't, go try it. It's good. Big pizza. Uh, anyway, we went there the other day with the kids, and uh, man, it was. We got the uh, lots of pizza. I highly recommend it. It's uh, not necessarily on your diet plan, but it is very good. But anyway, we went there, and, and of course, we had skipped breakfast that day, so we were really hungry. And man, that pizza was good. The good thing about Trey Ragazzi's is you get such a big pizza. A lot of times, you know, you'll have leftovers. So we got us a to-go box. And, you know, that later on that night about midnight, you know, this, or it could have been a little earlier or later. But anyway, I got a little hungry um, and decided I would, that was still in the fridge. And uh, so I decided to heat that up and uh, get a little dessert on it. And I'll tell you, it was good. It was good the second time. But in my opinion, it was not near as good the second time is it was when it was fresh and hot off the oven. How many of you love leftovers? Okay. I don't. So, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There, there are some things that are better the second time. What's something that's better the second time? Chili. Chili. I will agree with that one. There are some exceptions to the rule. Chili, uh, sometimes potato soup, uh, homemade potato soup is better the second time. So, there are a few exceptions to the rule when it comes uh, to leftovers, but, you know, you know, if you know me, you know that I like Coke. I really like Coke. It's, a, it's you know, that's my thing. And an ice cold Coke on a hot day 
is really good. I like that. But how many of you have ever, you know, maybe got in your vehicle, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of neat freaks here that have kept their vehicle a lot cleaner, but have you ever got into a vehicle there and you reached down and you set down that ice cold fresh Coke, but when you went to get a drink, you forgot there was another cup in the cup holder. May or, not, may or may not have been from Jack's the day before, but it was sitting there and it looked just alike and you forgot to throw it away or whatever and you reached down and you grabbed the wrong cup and you take a sip of that same Coke the next day and I will tell you, it is not near as good. I mean, it'll make you want to throw up right there. I've done that. Y'all may have never done that, but I have. I'm not a fan of leftovers and I'll, I'll share in a minute how God is on my side, so... Um, <laughs> You're, you're out, you lose, uh, no. But, um, you know, I was thinking about sharing today and what God had been dealing with me about. And I saw a quote that I'm sure none of you flip through Facebook and see some really cool quotes. Well, this was a, just a quote from a pastor, and you may have heard it from somebody else. But when I read it, it just like hit me, and, and I just kept thinking about it. And, and the a simple quote that just says, your past was meant as a reference, not a residence. And I don't know, you know, if you if you heard it, your past was meant as a reference, not a residence. And you know, when I first read that quote, I thought, you know, that's really good. You know, we've thought about that. How many of you have ever made past mistakes? Anybody? I know I have. And you know, and it's good to. You can look at your past. That was the first thing I thought of. Was yes, you know, I've I've made some past mistakes and. You know, I agree, that's, that's meant to be as a reference, not as a resonance to live in those past mistakes. But I also, you know, when I got to thinking about that, I thought, man, you know, that's true. We can, we can dwell on that. The enemy can use those past mistakes, and they, he can hinder us from achieving what God's called us to do because we begin to dwell on those, and we begin to live in all those mistakes. And, and when we start thinking about stepping out for God and walking in faith and accomplishing what he's called us to do, what does the enemy bring up? Some of those past mistakes. You're not good enough to do that. Look what you've done. Look how many mistakes you've made. You, know, you, can't, you can't do that. What are people going to think if you step out and do that? Because they know the mistakes you've made. You know, I, maybe those are just some voices that I've heard, but, but I think it's, it's ones that we've all heard. But you know, I thought about that. Well, yes, mistakes, you know, we don't need to live there. They are Your mistakes... You can learn from, just don't live in it. That's the key. Learn from them and don't live in it. Don't reside there. But that's not what, as I began to think about that later on, I was thinking, to be honest, I was riding a lawnmower when it came to me. And I was, I was, I was thinking about that same script, you know, that same quote, that your past is a reference. And it was like something dropped inside of me right then. And it was like, you know what? That doesn't just go for your past mistakes. That also goes with your past encounters that you've had with Jesus. And that's what it dawned on me. It's like, oh, now that's a different way of looking at it. You know, how many times have we, you know, look, had a, you know, can you think of a time right now in your mind of just when you were just as close as ever with, maybe it's today, I hope it is, but there's some times in your life where you just, wow, that was a memorable moment in my life as a believer. Can you, anybody got those parts in their mind? That date, that time, that event? You know, and that's what I began to think of. Yeah, there, there's those past times that I, I think about. And when I do that, and I think about those past times, a lot of times we begin to look at those. 
we begin to live in those times. And you know, that's not what God has planned for us. And that's when I, when I read that verse and began to dwell on that, you know, now I'm thankful for his forgiveness and mercy that covered all my mistakes, but also I know that there's more for me than where I'm at right now. And you know, God is not in the habit of feeding leftovers. He wants you to have fresh bread and fresh manna. Uh, you know, we're not called to live in the past, but also includes our past encounters and experiences. I, I saw a, a quote by Smith Wigglesworth, and it says, if you're in the same spiritual level two days in a row, then you're backsliding. Now, wow. Now, that really challenges you in your daily walk and devotion with the Lord. If you're on the same spiritual level two days in a row, you're backsliding. You know, and as I thought about that, there was a lot of truth in that because how many of you have been camping? Ever been camping? Y'all need to get out more. Um, but when you're standing next to a fire, you know, roasting some hot dogs, marshmallows, how many of you know that if you stand close to the fire, you're not going to stay lukewarm, are you? And you're probably not going to stay cold if it's a good fire. But as you stand there next to that fire, what happens? You get hotter. You don't stay the same temperature. And that's what God is calling us to draw close to him, stay close to him, seek out him. And as we do that, we won't stay on the same level. You can't because you're closer to the fire every day. You're walking closer. It's about moving forward and deeper toward Christ in a relationship with Christ, walking deeper. That's what I wanted to, you know, what God was dealing with me about is quit living in the past. You see, he desires those times for us, those fresh times, those fresh words. He doesn't want us depending on old bread for a new day. And that's what it just burned down deep inside of me. That's true. God has a fresh word for us. And how many times do we depend on those things? You see, in the, in the story uh, in Exodus, you'll see the account of that where uh, I think it's Exodus 16, starting in verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat. In the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I'm the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost was on the ground. It appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is this? For they didn't know what it was because it was new. But Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as needed. Take an old more, about three pounds for each person to have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. They grabbed, some gathered much, some gathered little. Uh, and when they measured it, uh, the one who gathered much did not have too much. The one who gathered little didn't have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. Uh, and they kept part of it till morning. But it was full of maggots and it smelled. You know, the way I look at it is, look, God, God was providing them manna for the day. He, he didn't want them to hang on to it tomorrow and live off of what was there. God said, I will give you provision for each new day, and I'll give you fresh bread, not what I had yesterday. And see, we, a lot of times we begin to depend on what we had yesterday instead of seeking the Lord and, and hungering after him and saying, God, what is a fresh word for me today? What do you have for me today? God is desiring to give you a fresh word. He's not trying to be 
How many of you want to know your kids better and closer? More and more. I know I do. How much more does he? He's not trying to, to be some mystery that we can't see. He wants to be your loving heavenly father that knows you and that provides for you. He desires to give you more than we desire to give our own kids. God's not a fan of leftovers. He wants to do a new thing in us. Don't depend on yesterday's message for today. His mercies are new every day. His provision is new every day. Now, you can think about those times. Don't forget the great times that you've had in your relationship with the Lord and the, the great accomplishments that God's done in your life. Don't forget those. But they're a reference. How many of you remember the story of David and Goliath? Everybody, okay? What was it David said when he came to visit his brothers on the battlefield? What did he, what did he, he came to see, to visit those, and he, what was he, he was going there just to check on his brothers, whatever else. But what did he do when he ran into the, and saw Goliath and saw what they were up against? What was the one thing he told Saul when he said, hey, I want to fight this, this giant? Saul's like, you can't do that. You know, look, you're, you're just a small young man. What did David say? He said, no, God delivered me from the lion. God delivered me from the bear. Therefore, I know he will deliver me from this giant. You see, he used his pastimes not as just a, a, to living off those faith, but he used it as a reference saying, look, I've seen what God's done in, in my life. I've seen, you know, I've felt those, those times that, of, of faith with him. And he used that as a reference to defeat the giant. Now, how many of you have something in your life, maybe you have a giant you're facing? Well, it's okay to learn, look back and draw off those times where you've, you've had, but you know what? God, is his, he's got a new day and a new vision and a new uh, strength for you. He's got a new word for you. And he's got strength to, to bring you through. His provision is there for you for whatever giant you face today. It's there for you. You know, I think it's funny, too, when, when David, if you look at that story, this is a side note, when, uh, when he's up there and he's checking on his brothers and all, and he's overhearing people, the other soldiers, uh, and what they're saying, and they're, they're saying, you know what, did you hear the king? Any man who can go down there and defeat the giant, that he will have the king's daughter, and his, him and his family will be tax-exempt. And did you hear David? It says, if you go back and read this, it was funny because it goes back and, and it says when David over, overheard this, he said, what did he say? That's what David, he's like, uh, what, what did he say? That, what did he say that he would get? It really says that. David was like, excuse me, what? The man that defeats the giant gets the, the king's daughter and tax exempt. I think that might, depending on the looks of the daughter, that might be more. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But if you go back and look at the, the uh, there's another funny story. The king actually was going to give his oldest daughter. And David's like, he was a master of words, you know, because he's written a lot of songs. But I can only imagine what the oldest daughter looked like because King David said, you know, thank you for that. But I really believe that this would be a better, you know, match for her. It really does. Go back and read that. Um, David was in love with the other daughter and he ended up with her. But the, the, the thing is, is that he... He knew when he faced that giant that, that God had the provision there because of his past references that he had. But when you just remember this too, when you step out to face that giant like David did, it doesn't mean that you won't reach or have any opposition. You may hear a word from God to defeat the giant, 
But it doesn't mean that you might hear a word from someone else that's not from the Lord. You see, David had the same you know, examples. When, when he said, I'm going to defeat the giant, his own brothers were like, what? Not you. You're just a, a shepherd from a small herd of sheep. You can't defeat the giant. There's a lot of times you have to, when you hear and have a word from the Lord, and you know there's a giant that you're called to defeat, do not listen to those around you that's saying, who are you to do that? You know, David knew the strength wasn't in his own. He knew it was in the Lord's who had delivered him from the lion and the bear. And he knew he would deliver him. His confidence was in him. You see, that's what that, that, that I found in my life is that you, you begin to look and listen to those other words around you and those other uh, people saying those things and, and who are you and you listen to the enemy. And before you know it, you begin to believe those things. Instead of using that past that where you've seen God move in your life and God be faithful as a reference and then get in his word and begin to trust him for what he's got ahead for you. And that's, that's kind of what the Lord's been dealing with me uh, about on that. Now, I don't mean we're to be hopping around from place to place looking for the next spiritual high. What I mean is to get planted daily in your own relationship, but also get planted in a body and grow and, and see what God can do in your life. You know, another interesting story uh, in that story with David is, is immediately when he killed Goliath, he went immediately from the pasture to the palace, immediately. And you may be thinking, well, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've, I'm older now. I've got, you know, a lot of uh, things I've done wrong. You know, God maybe can't do what he was going to do. God took David just like that from the pasture, and he was in the palace. When you put your trust and faith in him, then he can take what you think may be impossible, what you think may be, you know, is unattainable for you, when you put it in his hands and you surrender to him and say, you know what, God, you're my provision, you're my provider, and I trust you. And then when you defeat that giant, you can go from the passion. And he can do things in your life and that you thought would take forever, that you would never be able to accomplish. But when your faith and provision comes from him and you're seeking him and you put your trust in him, then you'll see that giant slain and you will accomplish what God's called. And he can exponentially put you to a place that you thought you would never get to. And I desire that. I don't know about you, but I, I'm ready to step out into, into new things and, and receive a new word for what God's... How many are you tired of the mundane life that's, that's around you, that we get caught up in? Now, I know that we're in this world, but let, let me tell you something. God has a bigger plan for us and a bigger vision for us now, one thing about it, we can stand here and talk about it, but what we really have to do is start. You know, that's, that's what it comes down for me. How many of you have ever been on it? Like for me, <clears throat> numerous times, you decide to go on a diet and you're going to lose a little weight. And you're like, I'm just going to lose about 20 or 30 pounds, and I need to do that. Then an hour later, you're making plans for Longhorn. <laughs> you know, and it's like, How's that gonna, you know, how is that gonna affect it? No, you have to start. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't, the pounds don't drop off just by talking about going on a diet. 
They come off by taking a step and putting it into action. You know, we pray a lot of times, you know, God, just give us your heart. You know, sometimes that means being his hands and feet. When you have the heart of the Lord, then you have the hands and feet and you get to, you know, you start seeking out what he's called you to do and you put it into action. Just like going on a diet, you put that into action if you want to see results. In your relationship with God, you have to start it. If we don't ever make the choice to start, we won't ever start. We have to make the choice ourselves. We can't live off, just like you can't live off yesterday's experiences, you can't live off somebody else's experiences. You can't live off of, of what someone else did, a decision somebody else made. It's yours and only yours. And you have to make it. But now it's not in your strength. It's, he's, he's made the way. His grace is sufficient and he is made a way for you. You see, your, your relationship is your responsibility. He's waiting on you. It, it, it says, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He's not trying to be hard to find. And I think a lot of times we make things so complicated. How many different diet books are there out there? But you know what really boils down to? If you exercise and don't eat, you'll probably lose weight. <laughs> the same thing in our relationship with God is it's, it, it boils down to the same things. If we'll seek after him, receive his forgiveness, receive his grace, and seek after him and give him control of our lives, then guess what? You'll be able to face those giants. You'll be able to fulfill the call and the purpose. It's not supposed to be that complicated. But man, we try to come up with every different scenario we can think of to how we need to do this, how we need to do that. No, he said, let me do this through you. But we have, to, we have to make that choice. And here's how one thing that will help if we want to make a difference is John 13 says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And as I was thinking about that, I was, of God doing a new thing and a new vision and, and a new just burning a new passion in me, you know, and I, I want to have his heart, but I also want to have his hands and feet, and I want to get about doing the things and being an impact in this area and, and the people around me. Well, one of the biggest ways is how we treat one another, how we love one another as a body. You know, when I thought about those past encounters and past experiences that we've had, I, you know, I couldn't help but think about even this body in this church, and if you've been around here for, for years, then you know what I'm talking about. There's been great times that we've had encounters uh, you know, that, with the Lord, and we do. And it's a great experience and a great time to come together. We're, we're, we have a, a pastor that preaches the word, and we, but you know what? It's not dependent on him. What is the biggest influence to the world around us is have, how we as a body love one another. How it's a family. It's not by accident that this church right here, the message of it is a family church with a world vision. That's what we're called to, folks. We're called to love one another and be a family and believe God for their, he has new things in store for this body. He's got new, a new vision that he's put in this place. A fresh, doesn't have to be different, it's just fresh. He's, he's saying, look, that was great back then, but just wait to see what I have in store for you. 
That's just a reference now. I've got better things in store for you. I'm going to tell you, that's what I desire for this body. I just look at, I look across the, the place here and I see all the different faces and, you know, and I know each one of you and I, I, I talk to you all the time. But more than anything, what I see is, is I see a family. And a family's not perfect. But I'll tell you, it's, it's a great family. And we are privileged to, to, to my knowledge, look, we all get along. We all enjoy coming together and, and worshiping together, and it's good. But let me tell you something, there's more. God has something more for you to do. He's got a new thing for you to do. Isaiah 43 says, for I am going to do a brand new thing. When you do a brand new thing, it doesn't mean, though, it was bad. It just means there's a brand new thing coming. And let me tell you something, God has that for this body. When I look at what he was sharing with me, that was the biggest thing that I wanted to take home or, or that I got out of that was that, Lord, it, it starts with me. And I do surrender my life. I surrender my vision for yours. I surrender my way and goal and desires in this world for yours. I surrender it to you. Everything that, you've, you've, that I've been working toward or whatever else, God, it's in your hands. And if you want me to walk that out, that's what I'll do. If you have something different for me, that's what I'll do. But I'm yours. And that's what it starts with. Just saying, I'm yours, God. Do what you want to do with me. But then it takes a step on our part to, if we want that fresh word, is to seek him, to get into his word daily. Now, I don't know, you know, I know that's not necessarily for all of us. That's our strong suit is to, to get in and try to dig something, study the word, you know, daily. That's maybe not your strong suit. Let me tell you something. If you want, and this is what God, if you want to know me and you want that fresh time with me, then you're going to have to get in here and see my promises, who I am, what my future is for you. This is more than just a book that we read. It's more than just a, a, a de quick devotion we do. How many of you would love to, this is really going to be, how many of you have thought about crossing the Georgia line to get a billion dollar lottery ticket? Okay, I know, look, yeah, look, and I'm not going down that road, but let me tell you something. We have been given the keys to eternal life, a home in heaven, the keys to a, to a life here that doesn't mean we won't face trial, but we've been given a, a loving Father that will bring us through any situation. They can use it for, for good, and we can come out on top. And he's given us the, the, the manuscript right here for it, but it takes action. Like some of y'all thought about driving to the Georgia line to get a billion-dollar lottery ticket, it takes action to open up this and to seek him and to get into his word. And let me tell you something, you'll never, you'll never find, I don't know what that, you'll never find fulfillment with that billion-dollar lottery ticket, even if you won. But I can guarantee where you'll find fulfillment is in this. And in the word, see that, it may be fun for a while, but let me tell you something, this is fresh, this is living, and this can change your life. 
You know, the billion-dollar lottery ticket won't do anything for cancer. It might help in the research, but it won't, it won't do anything for cancer. But you know what I believe is the cure for cancer? And that is, is Jesus and the blood of Jesus on the cross. Now, does that mean we've lost, we haven't lost any battles? No. Does that mean that it's not true? Let me tell you something. The word is true. And healing is true. There's a lot of things that that billion dollars won't do. But I can tell you what this will do right here. And that's all of the above. And in my life, I've seen a lot of times and I've had some great experiences with encounters with Jesus. But on a lawnmower sitting right out here in the yard, I had an encounter with Jesus that just changed my life. And it was based off of a, a stupid movie that y'all probably seen. The Greatest Story. It's pretty cool. I'm not big on musicals at all. But that's a, got some great music to it. But in, in that, you see the vision of a man that, that had a passion for a circus for people for, you know, and how lame is that, but compared to what we have. But when I, when I was thinking, you know, thinking about that movie and some of the songs in there, one of the songs on there was This Is Me. Y'all have all heard it, I'm sure. But it was like God said, you know what? Yes, that this is you. I have a plan for you. I have a call for you. And I desire a passionate relationship with you. And you know what? That's what he's saying to all of us. I don't know. Your, your, your call may be to influence the kids in your classroom. It may be to be a witness to the people beside you at work. But I'm telling you, we all have that. And God is saying, look, I've got a plan for you through that. And I will work it out. And I can do great things with you. And I desire to do that. I have a plan for you. And there's something about when that drops down inside of you, when your heavenly father says, you know what? And the good thing about it is you see on Sunday morning coming here once a week and all, it's easy to put on a face. It's easy to put on a smile and to shake everybody's hand and then we all leave and then we hit real life. But when your heavenly father drops inside of you and says, I have a plan and a vision for you and I have a purpose for you, and let me tell you something, I've got fresh bread for you to accomplish and to face those giants that are in your life. When he drops that down inside of you, the awesome thing is he knows all your mistakes. He knows how many times that you've promised before where you've promised and said, you know what? God, I'm gonna do, I want to start a fresh today. I want to get into your word. I'm going to read it, you know, 30 chapters a day, and, and we promised and made all these big things. He knows how many times we've done that. But you know what? He still says, I'm here, and I desire that relationship with you. His forgiveness is there, and he is faithful to complete what he started in our lives. And that's what has been burning in me this the last week or two when I'm thinking about that is just how good he is and how faithful he is that no matter what we've done, no matter what we've uh, 
mistakes we made in the past, that he's faithful to accomplish what he started in our lives. And let me tell you something. He is wanting to do something new. He is not wanting you to eat on yesterday's bread. He has something fresh for you. But it's your choice. And I just ask that if you would uh, just surrender it to him. Start today. You know, you say, well, I've tried before. Look, start today. Make a commitment today. Turn it over to him. Now, he's not going to force this book open, you know, and it's like Papa used to say back years ago when I never even remembered Papa smoking, but uh, when he was younger, he, he would smoke, and he said he kept praying that God would deliver, God would deliver him from that, those cigarettes, and he said one time it was like the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm not the one going in and buying them. <laughs> you know what? Make a decision today, but guess what? God's not going to turn the remote off the TV for you and allow you to get into his word. It takes a step and it takes a choice on your part, but he's there. It's not in your own strength. It's not in some legalistic way. But just like a lot of people are passionate about driving across the state line, let me tell you something. It's about being passionate about this is for sure. It's more likely for you to get struck by lightning three times in a row than winning that number. This is a for sure thing. He's faithful. And let me tell you something. He wants to do it in your life, and he wants to do it in my life. You know, we, got, we have a special, uh, I think, a special part to play in the body. Christ the whole, this body right here. I see great things in the future here. Even as this amphitheater is out here. I mean, that's a place to seat thousands of people. And I can see it. I can see people there gathering, worshiping. I can see more than one church gathering together. As a united body of Christ to worship him, I can see lives changed through this body right here for his glory. Let me tell you something. Let's, let's make a decision and say, you know what, God? I'm not going to settle for yesterday's bread. I want something new from you. What word do you have for me? Let me tell you something. He desires to give you that. Uh, let's stand for just a moment here. Well, there's a lot that I could say to follow that up, but um, there's, that, there's really no need if we just listen to what, what you've already said for us. You know, a lot of different things you think about. Um, this is what counts. Even though a tithe of $1.8 billion would be $1.8 million to church. <laughs> I, I agree with exactly what you said. That's not, that's not the route to take. I also will say if someone won it and brought $1.8 million, we would receive it in the name of Jesus and use it for his glory instead of for the devil. Hallelujah. Um, seriously, this is a word we all need. I see, I've seen it through my life so often we can, we, we get stirred up about some things and we're challenged and oftentimes this happens when we're in a, in a tough spot. When you get to a place, I, I need help. That's when we say, we go running to the Lord's. I need help. And, you know, I need 
And, and he's always faithful. He's always been faithful to be there and be there for us. And even when we've neglected him, we can call on his name and he hears us and we can come back to that place of that fresh encounter with the Lord. Thank God for that. I've also run into times to where people have, you know, that you've known people over the, over the years. And it's a tendency of people. They get busy doing all kinds of other things and get involved and even good things. And, and they, they disconnect from the body of Christ and they really kind of distance themselves from time in the Word and prayer. And for the most part... For the most part over the years, there'll be a time when they'll come saying, I don't know what the problem is, but there's things going wrong in my life and I need your prayers and I'm not growing like I should. Well, duh. You know, the fact is, is that what happened was you began to distance yourself. And you, it takes a toll on you. It takes this daily walk with the Lord or life will take a toll on you. It will. No matter how sincere you are, it will. That's why we need the Word. That's why we need one another in Jesus' name. And that's why we need to keep it fresh and new. Just as Jason said this one, we need to keep it daily, daily, daily in the Lord. Don't live off of those spiritual leftovers. Live off of the fresh bread that Jesus offers today. And He does. He offers it to every one of us here this morning. Starts with a relationship with Christ. Do you know Him as your Savior? Do you know him in your heart? That's where it starts. Was there a time when you did walk in a relationship with him, but something has caused you to back away or even turn away? Then today's the day to come back because he's there for you. He will say yes when you call out to him in repentance and turn your life over to him. And for those of you that are believers that kind of maybe in a little bit kind of hit a place in your life where things have kind of leveled off spiritually, it seems as if it's that way. And you just need a spiritual shot in the arm, so to speak, or a heart. You need to step on out, renew your relationship with Him, renew the, ask Him to renew the fervor and the fire, the excitement, the passion, and the zeal, and say, Lord, I will... I commit myself to hear you. I commit myself to hear you. I desire, I seek you with my heart, Lord. I commit myself to seek you, and I'm believing. I'm believing for this fresh touch, for this new encounter. We live by faith, not by experiences, but we believe God for these new, fresh, powerful encounters and new insight to why you're here, what your purpose is, what God's call is on your life and how you can serve Him. We're supposed to do everything we do on earth as unto the Lord, and that's what gives you strength. That's what gives you joy. That's what makes it worthwhile. So how many of us really want that renewed passion? How many of us here today want to say, Lord, speak to me with a clear and new vision in my life. Stir me up spiritually. You know, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together this morning. And now I'm just going to ask you, if this has gone off inside of your heart today, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. If you want to come, you're always welcome to come for prayer. But I'm just going to ask you as a sign from your heart, if you've heard this word this morning, and you've been challenged, and you've been stirred, and you said, Lord, that's what I want. I want this renewal. I want this new fire. I, I want this daily, 
daily encounter and this spiritual freshness in my life. I want a renewed glimpse and understanding of your vision, Coleman. That's what I want right now, Lord. As we're all praying, I just want to shoot, I just want you to shoot your hand up in the air and say, Lord, do it in my life. Lord, this is what I want. Everybody here in the building, this is what you want. Lord, do this in my life. And Lord, I pray over all of those throughout this building who've lifted their hands before you and said, Lord, I hunger for you. I do desire, I desire that walk, that relationship with you. I desire, Lord, a new freshness. Things have become dull in my life. I've allowed things to crowd in. But today, Lord, I submit. Today I surrender. And I say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come and fill me anew and refresh me, Lord. Refresh me in my spirit. And, Lord, renew the vision and the heart for you and the heart for others, Lord, that we'll seek you as our first love. And we surrender, Lord, to you today and believe and receive, Lord, that you're going to bring this to pass in our lives. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And we all declare it. Amen. Amen. Let's give a good shout to the Lord. God bless you.